Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm your host, Mary Fran Johnson, CEO of Mary Fran Johnson Media. Twice a month, we produce CIO Leadership Live with the generous and kind support of my friends at CIO.com and our CIO Executive Council. We're streaming live to you right now on LinkedIn and on CIO's YouTube channel. And we welcome all of our viewers and people that have tuned in today to take part in this live uh, conversation and pop in with questions of your own for my guest. We'll be watching for those questions and doing our very best to pass them along. To today's guest, who is Kevin Gray. He is the Chief Information Officer of the City of Burbank, California. Since 2018, Kevin has been driving the city's extensive digital transformation and technology strategies, as well as managing the overall operations of IT and the department that is serving more than 108,000 citizens in Burbank. Burbank is often called the media capital of the world, being situated just a few miles to the northeast of Hollywood and home to numerous media and entertainment giants who have their headquarters there, including Warner Brothers, Walt Disney Company, Nickelodeon, and Netflix. In his five years as Burbank's CIO, Kevin has developed a reputation as an IT leader who's committed to growing the technical talent and the business agility of his technology team and also creating better business processes and digital solutions for the city's evolving needs through these disruptive pandemic years. Among the many topics we'll be diving into today are how he and his team have been rising to the occasion and meeting the challenges of deploying smarter cities technologies, of bringing AI technology like ChatGPT to the Burbank City website, and advancing the city's digital business capabilities overall with design thinking and agile methodologies. Before he took on his current role, Kevin served as the Vice President of Global Media and Infrastructure Technology at Viacom, where he managed worldwide teams in IT architecture, engineering, operations, and tech support. And before that, he served as the VP of IT Infrastructure and Operations at Paramount Pictures, where he was leading the movie studio's tech architecture planning function and working in design, implementation, and operations. On top of all of that, Kevin has also served, also continues to serve on several nonprofit boards, such as Southern California's Society of Information Management, SIM Chapter, and Innovate at UCLA, an IT executive networking group that's affiliated with the university's Office of Advanced Research Computing and the Burbank YMCA. So he's a very busy city CIO, and we're really pleased to have him here. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Mary Fran. Okay, <laughs> let's dive in and let's talk about what your marching orders were coming into city, the city government CIO role in 2018. You have more than 25 years in media type company experience, but this was something new, municipal IT leadership. Yes. How did your years of corporate IT experience guide your approach? Let's let's start there. Uh, well, you know, I'll 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 say that government IT is very very different than uh, you know the media technology, mm -hmm. but you know the principles that you know that you would apply towards uh, improving services and products mm -hmm. uh, are really universal. 
um, design thinking principles, lean principles are applicable everywhere um, and can be used in all industries to improve processes everywhere. So sure. I so I so I so I arrived with a wealth of knowledge that I could apply to to really improving things here at the city mm-hmm. from a technology and process perspective. My marching orders in the very beginning really were to stabilize uh, IT. Ah. To to set a new direction for technology at the city, a new strategy, and to really modernize how we do things. Yes. So I really started off focusing on what I like to call the blocking and tackling mm-hmm. of, 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 of technology. You know, really the support, the processes around support, um, and our approaches around, around uh, building new technology solutions for the city and really supporting what we had. Yeah. Uh, but I but I but I really needed to change the focus of of the group. Um, and I want to give giant kudos to my team um, and the great work that they've done over the past five years to really transform how we serve the city mm-hmm. uh, and transform really our focus for providing new value, new solutions, new process to the city. Yeah. Uh, so we've come along, we've, we've really come a long way. Um, uh, and so I, I really needed to change. Um, I really needed to bring modern approaches and a modern focus to how we, how we do technology at the city. Right. Um, and, and so it's, it's been a, um, uh, I'll say it's, it's, it's been a long, long journey for us. Um, but I'm really happy with with where we've where we've come. Yes. Well, and I know we're going to talk a lot about the different technologies and and that kind of thing. But also, what you bring up is really about a, a, a cultural mindset shift mm. that you have to lead as a CIO who is bringing about these sort of changes. And I'm always I always think of that old Dilbert cartoon about oh change is great you go first. Right. <laughs> so, um, so let's give me give me an example of one of the before and after um, some of this work that your teams are particularly proud of. What the citizens of Burbank have I mentioned that you've I I think you've got Chat GPT at work right now on the Burbank website, or maybe that's just coming. That's I, coming. That's for the future. Okay. That's one of the things that we're we're looking at. Um, I'll I'll say. Um, but probably the the biggest, most visible success uh, that we've had recently was um, the the redesign and the rebuild of our website. Mm-hmm. We haven't applied Chat GPT to it, but we've applied design thinking principles and modern UX design to really change um, our website so that it is it is it, it brings more value. It's more usable. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, for our citizens. Right. Um, and then along with that, we've, uh, you know, we, we've released a modern, uh, a mobile application for the city that enables citizens and businesses to request all sorts of services from the city. Uh, before that, you know, we had a gentleman, you know, God bless his heart, that <laughs> took all the calls from all of the citizens oh. across the city. Yes. Right. <laughs> and would right. try to route you know, issues via email and then they get lost in email and all those kinds of things. We put a new solution in place that puts 
city services right into the pockets of our citizens, mm -hmm. our residents, and allows them to order, to request any number of things. We started, yeah. we started with um, public works services around, you know, reporting uh, mm -hmm. potholes and damaged concrete on sidewalks and water leaks and things like that. Yes. Uh, we added, uh, we also started with a bulky item pickups around the city. Uh, but now we've added power concerns for Burbank Water and Power. Very recently, we put we added forestry services uh, that uh, that mm -hmm. you know residents can request from from the application. And pretty soon, we're 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 about to add uh, uh, animal services, animal animal shelter services. Uh, Interesting. Well, and that's one of those um, uh, like city three one one kind of applications. It is, right? yes. yeah. Exactly and you know, I'm sure that a lot of our watchers and listeners would be very familiar with that in bigger cities. I know I live near Boston, and I know Boston mm -hmm. has a lot of those capabilities mm -hmm. on on mm -hmm. its city website. But it's not something you might necessarily expect on, you know, a medium sized city. Right, 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 right. Ours has been a big, big hit. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to I have to I have to tout it. <laughs> uh, well, in fact, I talked to one of your users, another CIO friend of mine who uh, was just recently CIO at uh, Jet Propulsion Labs and is, uh -huh. is now Randy Levin, who I think, you know, Randy. Yes, and yes. she was telling me that she's one of your customers and has been very impressed with what you're doing on the website. So, so you get kudos and a thumbs up from a fellow CIO. Uh, well, um, yes, one of the you. things you mentioned in a big change that you made coming in was now your, your teams in technology are taking genuine ownership of all the platforms that you're involved in. And when we think about the before and after, like back in 2018 and then today mm -hmm. in 2023, that was not always the case. So talk about what that has been like and some of the ways you resolve the issues in making that transition. Yeah, so let me speak about this in, in a couple of dimensions. Uh, often in government, uh, organizations, government agencies, you know, you have silos of organizations, um, right. Si right? Silos, you know, departments, and in a lot of cases, departments have their own IT or they're doing their own shadow IT. Um, and there's not a lot of collaboration across the city. Uh, when I first got here, there were whole departments that had very, very little interaction with IT other than to receive their desktop support needs, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, um, our police department is a is, is an example. Uh, mm -hmm. Burbank Water and Power is an example uh, where there were really limited services, and we just didn't take ownership of of many of the the solutions that they rely upon. Mm -hmm. So it was the mindset change that needed to happen there with my team. Um, but there was also, you know, we really needed to build trust, um, uh, you know, with these departments mm -hmm. to make them really want to partner with us. Yeah. So when I came in here, uh, the, 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 the mantra that I have consistently repeated and I still speak about today is that, you know, we are, we really want to serve as trusted partner, mm -hmm. trusted business partner, number one. Um, uh, advisor for all things technology and process, and then service provider. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, 
we want to be thought of as trusted partners. And that's not just in words. We, we, we want to see that in action and in feeling. And so we had to change our mindset uh, from that perspective. And we really had to change our organization and our approach to make that happen. And so our reorganization around value, how we deliver value to our citizens um, and taking ownership of those value streams, all of those value streams across all of the departments, mm-hmm. building trust with those departments so that they want to partner with us uh, is what has really enabled us now to take really complete ownership really of all of the technology solutions across the city. There's, yeah. there's, there's the exception like uh, operational technology at Burbank Water and Power that's very specific and very focused. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but for, you know, all of their citizen facing services and things like that, we've assumed um, uh, ownership is probably the wrong word, uh, because for any value stream, any product, we have our product owners. Mm-hmm. They're also business owners and we yes. partner together. <laughs> you know, well, that's yeah. And <laughs> as you know, from your work, probably at Viacom and Paramount, this is a very this is a story that has been rolling out for many years across all the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies. I mean, it's a very it's a it's a a, a terrific story, but a relatively common, even an expected one, um, mm-hmm. with IT organizations that are part of very big, well-funded organizations. even today, with all that's going on in the market. But you've been doing this in a city government setting where you don't have 180 people in IT. I think you mentioned you have 33 people uh, on your technology teams. So, you know, I think that's especially interesting how you went about that and got that going because you've brought really big company concepts about the way IT can partner with business or with, you know, with the citizens in the city. And you brought it into a, a smaller venue that has a very public face because you're serving all those 100,000 plus citizens in Burbank. Yes. <laughs> so the question that I had under all of that was, <laughs> was in um, doing this with such a small staff, how did you approach the the learning and the development? And you mentioned that we mentioned agile methodologies how did you go about making this cultural mind sh- mind shift uh, change that yes. a- it takes? And this, and of course, we all know. I think that it doesn't happen overnight. But um, d- talk through a little bit of the process that you deployed to kind of get everybody on the on the right bandwagon. Yes, yes. Well, let me first uh, start by stating that in order to do a transformation uh, like we've done. Uh, adopting the scaled agile framework in its entirety for our entire city, Mm -hmm. um, you have to get your business leadership on board. You have to, you have to gain their support uh, because none of this is very effective without, without their involvement and their support. So Mm -hmm. I honestly started this whole thing uh, with all of the executives of the city and our city manager. uh, after I went and did my own training as a CIO to become a certified um, a safe program consultant, um, I, I, I 
Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. You, a lot that's of CIOs don't do that. But if you yeah. really if you really want to drive a transformation, you really have to understand. Um, yeah. You have uh, to know how to drive. You got to know how to drive. Exactly. You got. <laughs> okay. You have to be able to recount the story. You got to be able to tell yeah. the story properly. Yeah. And so after I did that training myself, I put together a big presentation uh, for my steering committee, which is really all of the executives mm -hmm. of the city. I, I chair the steering committee, mm -hmm. uh, but that steering committee is the governance committee. They make decisions around policy and, you know, project prioritization, you know, um, a budget, all, all, all kinds, you know, all of the high level um, uh, decisions that we have to make. Mm -hmm. So they have a stake in what we're doing. It's not just us. It's not just right. IT. Right. When we talk about projects, uh, often um, I'm not the one that has to make the argument for the funding uh, because I have a mm -hmm. business partner that makes the argument there and you I go. help them make mm -hmm. that argument. So anyway, I did the presentation uh, to all of uh, our executive leadership. They didn't fully understand it. I probably I didn't. It's impossible to tell the full story, you know, in a couple of hours of safe because, you know, safe is a comprehensive yeah. Um, uh, a large framework uh, that's really been been developed to apply at any size organization. Mm -hmm. We're on the smaller size organization, but I got all of their support, whether yeah. they fully understood it or not. I had all of their support, and because of the good work that we had been doing the previous two years to really turn things around, we started to build a lot of trust. Right. Well, so then, as you let me ask you about that yes. presentation <laughs> because I'm trying to imagine. Uh, you know, a group of pretty much government-focused city officials talking through an agile methodologies framework. That, and the SAFE, of course, stands for something, which I can't even tell you off that. You could tell me off the top Scaled of your head. Scaled agile framework, yes. There you go. And um, it reminds me of when CIOs have tried to explain, like, ITIL framework, uh, uh -huh. frameworks to people, you know, the information technology library stuff. Did you get a lot of glazing over or did you find ways to talk about certain aspects of it in a really business graspable way? So it's the latter. I did not dig into the details of what the scaled agile framework is and how it works. I really talked about the benefits that come from it. Okay. I talked about the ability to bring visibility to the things that we're doing in IT so that they can understand and be a part of it. I okay. talked a lot about driving better engagement and better collaboration with IT and the other departments. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about uh, improving our alignment, you know, to really be great partners, you have to be aligned. You have to be marching in the same direction and really thinking this, you know, the, you have to have shared understanding, if you will, right. uh, between the groups. I talked about learning and improvement and how, and how, you know, this this framework, without getting into the details, enables mm -hmm. the organization to learn and get better faster over time. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about um, uh, how it brings flexibility to, uh, to to what everything that we do. Yeah. And I gave them examples of where rigid approaches for us in the in the past have not worked. And I had really, really good examples of that that okay. I could speak to uh, yeah. for that. And then, and then I, and then I, you know, I made the point to them that when I had, when I first got here, we, we had, we had no 
capital projects. We executed on no capital projects. Oh, wow. The organization yeah. was really just focused on trying to keep the lights on. We weren't delivering anything of new value to the city. Right. You know, that was a different focus for us back then. Sure. Uh, but I explained that how this framework is going to allow us to deliver real value to them much, much faster. Okay. And what's a great example of what that has delivered so far? You know, so, so, so I'll say, first of all, when I first got here, zero capital projects, mm -hmm. uh, we've got 22 in our, in our, in our uh, portfolio backlog budgeted for next year. We've mm -hmm. had a 6x, you know, uh, increase in the, uh, in the uh, volume of projects that we can deliver for the city now. Uh -huh. um, as a part of, you know, as a, as a part of adopting this framework and some of the other improvements that we were making prior mm -hmm. to actually getting to this framework. Yeah. Um, we are now engaged completely with Burbank Water and Power. Um, we're redesigning their website and building a new portal for them. Uh, uh -huh. We are fully engaged with uh, the P Burbank Police Department now, and mm -hmm. we're working on a computer-aided dispatch and records management replacement for them, and Wonderful. we're rebuilding their website, redesigning their website, and the same with fire, with the fire department. All yeah. of these are departments that had, you know, limited uh, engagement with us previously. Now they're fully engaged with us. Mm -hmm. So our engagement has soared probably 600% just in the last few years with those departments. And they truly view us as business partners today. And that was not with a six times increase in the staff that you had to work with. No, no. zero increases. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and I, I know, and this is something I'll, I'll, I'll brag on your behalf. You are the only local government agency in the state of California that is has actively done this, has a full implementation of the safe, agile methodologies. And you spoke about this, uh, I think, recently within the last year at the Metropolitan Information Exchange, which is a, a lot of other city and municipal CIOs there. Yes. What was the reaction to that? And have you become a kind of infamous resource now for safe, agile in the <laughs> city government? <laughs> I think so. I, I actually think that it's becoming my brand. <laughs> oh, it's you your know? new brand. Yes, yes. I guess oh, it is. safe, you know, agile guy. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yes, I really didn't intend for that, uh, but but um, uh, at the uh, at the Metropolitan Information Exchange, the Mix Conference last year was my first year at the conference, and so um, uh, every new member gives a new member presentation, and my okay. presentation was about our adoption of Safe okay. and how it has transformed our ability to deliver new value for the city. Yeah. And it was extremely well received. I, so I, it surprised me that it was so well received because <laughs> it, you know, it was it was the talk of the conference for the rest of the week. Yeah. And I had the CIOs from Boise, Idaho, and see. As a matter of fact, a, 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 probably a couple of months after uh, the mixed conference, uh, the CIO of the city and county of Milwaukee joined us at our PI planning. Along with this team, so they could so that they could watch us in action. That's great. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I spoke to the CIO of Chesterville and Nashville. They were all very interested in in what we have done, 
and how we've accomplished it. Yeah. Um, uh, so it is. Um, um, uh, uh, how should I say? We get we get a lot of play. I get a lot of questions about it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people trying to trying to do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also. Um, it's you, you and you repeatedly I know make this point that you don't do it alone in IT. You have to bring the business along with you. So when these other city CIOs come to you and say, you know, give me some advice on what to do, what are some of your top bits of advice for them as they're undertaking this? We assume they can they'll figure out the technical part of it, but yeah. a lot of it, I'll bet, is the people and the culture change parts of it. So what do you recommend to them? So, you know, I tell them that, you know, Agile was born out of four principles and 12 values. Four values and 12 principles is the other way around. Oh, no. And those values and principles are all really around people. Yes. Things like Agile principle number six is the best way to exchange information within a team is face-to-face communication, right? It has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. technology, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really about it's really about how you organize and how you work together. Okay. Um, and so uh, I would tell them you you've got to get your leadership on board. You have mm-hmm. to sell the wares of what it is you're trying to do to them mm-hmm. to get them on board, uh, because otherwise the, um, uh, the the value that you would get from it would be very very limited. Okay. Um, the real value that we get from it is in our partnership with the business to deliver products and services that they value and our citizens value. We do that Mm -hmm. together. So it's not just from a technology perspective, but it's also from the business perspective, from their view. Yeah. Um, uh, So that's number one. Number two is there's lots and lots of training that needs to be done. So my team, oh, first of all, I should say, after I did the training, um, I had my leadership team do the training, all of my direct reports. Mm-hmm. They're all SPCs, Safe Program Consultants certified mm-hmm. uh, and enabled for teaching. So we could all teach this stuff uh, the, uh, today. Yep. And then I trained all of IT and I pulled in 15 leaders from across all of the departments of the other cities mm-hmm. and gave them the same training. And we And we customized it so that it, was delivered from a context that they could understand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and, and, and so that helped me build sort of a group of folks that mm-hmm. could begin to drive this transformation. Well, and I know that you've had an agile coach that works full-time now with the city. And you mentioned when we talked last time that you had a full-time position that you're looking to fill, having an agile coach on staff. Have you yes. filled Have you filled that yet? No. So that job description goes to our city council meeting next Tuesday. Oh, cool. All right. So, so if, you're, if you are an agile coach in the city of Burbank, you should pay attention next Tuesday. That's right. right. This might be a There's really great good opportunity day. here. We're doing great things in the city of Burbank. <laughs> Well, and I'm as I'm always acknowledging with a lot of my CIO guests on here, being able to come on Leadership Live and talk about talent and what you're doing to recruit it and to retain it, it's it's got to be the biggest driving force that makes this worthwhile for you as well. So it it, it, it is, it is. Yes. No, um, I, I think a lot of organizations in the past few years have have struggled with retaining tech talent yeah. and recruiting tech talent. 
Um, I have not. We have not. Wow. Uh, we have and not. You're in, you're in California, and you've and I'm got in Calif- your yes, competitors. Right. California are, government. Yes. California <laughs> city government. It's yes. not even the state, you know? I mean, not, yes. not that state's better. It's just bigger. It's a different bureaucracy. Um, yes. But the um, t- I want to talk a little bit more specifically about your IT restructuring and reorging. Because when we talked about this originally, I expected you to tell me that you had scrambled everything into like seven different groups or that sort of thing. But you had mentioned that the hierarchical organization didn't change all that dramatically. You still have three divisions. It's yes. just their focus changed. Talk yes. us through that. Uh, so as an example, one of my one of my divisions uh, when I first got here was um, was called the ERP division. They were solely <laughs> focused on horrible um, ERP. Right. <laughs> on the dread of VRP, I know. Right? Like, <laughs> speaking for stupid users out there everywhere, nobody wants to be in the ERP system. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know it's a, it's a necessity, but it's yeah. not necessarily fun. It's not necessarily sexy. So, right. um, mm-hmm. uh, so one of the changes that I've made is, you know, rather than having so there's the ERP division, there's the applications division, and then there, then there was the uh, infrastructure division, right. Um, uh, um, I kept the divisions, but we changed the focus. And the, and so each one of these divisions is responsible for value streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the streams for which we deliver value to our citizens, you know, or our departments, our business departments. Okay. So that, so that, so that ERP division then became responsible for law enforcement and library services okay. and community services and enterprise asset management, and human resources, which is a part of ERP, uh, sourcing and procurement, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, parts of sourcing and procurement are served by the ERP system. Mm-hmm. And of course, accounting and finance, which is served by the ERP system. So ERP is still there, but now the the, the focus is more broad and it's focused on you know, the, the business domains, if you will, or the, mm-hmm. the, really the streams for how we provide value to our citizens. Well, and those streams are actually, when I hear value stream and product focus, I think that it's kind of beginning to end. It's not a lot of finger pointing between the application people saying, well, you need to talk to the networking guy or the networking people saying that's an infrastructure issue. That's not us. You know, yeah. that's been a classic problem with more old fashioned IT. Yeah. But here you've got, you know, it's kind of cradle to grave in terms of being able to handle all the problems that way. Is that yeah, what absolutely. you mean? Is that how it works? That is exactly how it works. Okay. So we, for example, today we have product owners. Mm-hmm. that are responsible for a particular value stream and mm-hmm. they build agile teams, small teams of really not more than 12 people that include the people from networking and maybe, you know, to include right. the people from, you know, data engineering if they need. It includes the business people, the business subject matter experts um, that work together to deliver these products end to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there's no, there's no handoffs. There's no, uh, I sent a ticket over to, you know, to, to the infrastructure team. No, yeah. the infrastructure team is a part of your team and they're there got in it. your, okay. in your planning sessions. They're mm-hmm. there in your standups. If they've got things that they need to deliver, um, they're there in the retrospectives, 
you know, it's it's uh, so we we organize these teams around how we deliver value mm-hmm. to eliminate the delays of handoffs. That's great. That's great. I lo- I love the sound of that. I I can't say I've ever worked in companies that had that kind of approach, but yeah. I've been around in IT, the tech media for probably too long, and the tech media is often way behind on all these more advanced ideas. That yeah. that uh, dreaded ticketing system, uh, you know, you always wanted to find a way to get around that to have a person you could call in IT who would come right over to your desk and help you. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, from yeah. from the stupid users of the world. This <laughs> is like what we were always looking for. We're like, could someone solve this problem for me right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now. Yeah. You had mentioned that in um, I whenever I talk to CIOs, the big things they're always focused on are um, innovation and how that's going on business strategy and and how the connection is happening with business and on talent recruiting because talent is almost always a big problem. Mm-hmm. And you're not having a problem recruiting talent. Um, in fact, you told me, and I'm going to quote this back to you, that you tell your city manager that you're the Lincoln Riley of municipal recruiting. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And of course, as a non-sports follower, I had to look up and find out that Lincoln Riley is a really big deal and the head coach of the USC Trojans football program at University of Southern California. Why are you the Lincoln Riley of municipal (laughs) recruiting? What is it you're doing? Uh, You know, because I get in the the veritable transfer portal of uh, IT and I steal and I and I get talent from all over. I noticed you said steal and then you covered that. (laughs) Well, your new deputy CIO manager comes from uh, one of your past employers. Yes, yes, she does. Uh, now, we didn't actually work together, but I did know her. And she yeah. was among several folks that I spoke to to actively recruit them to this organization. So, you know, she was uh, formerly um, a vice president of portfolio management and agile transformation at Paramount Plus Streaming. Okay, well. <laughs> her name is Marina Kearns. I'm going to want to put her name out there. <laughs> Thank her for, for joining us. She's already bringing tremendous value uh, to what we're doing here. Um, and, you know, she was, she was, she was enticed by, by really the modern things that, 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 that we do here. Um, and, you know, if I, I often, you know, consultants may come to work here and, and help mm-hmm. us with things. And I have to say, every consultant that comes here is just amazed that they want to stay. So, yes. <laughs> well, that's that's probably how you'll end up with your new agile coach. It'll be somebody that you already know, all right? Probably, probably. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, so that's by taking recruiting seriously and into your own hands. You you do it yourself. You think about this. I'm sure you partner with HR on these things as never, but you apply your network for these kind of I, I absolutely do. Good. And, you know, it, the, mm-hmm. the, the partnership with, with HR is super, super important because mm-hmm. one of the first things we had to do was really modernize our roles and our job descriptions. Yeah. So our old job descriptions of, uh, you know, information systems analyst and mm-hmm. network systems analyst, we've, we, we, we're, you know, we're wiping away all of those old job descriptions and we now have job description titles like technology product manager. Oh, neat. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we write job descriptions to, to describe a real product owner, product manager mm-hmm. uh, type of role 
uh, define in a modern way, you know, using modern practices to execute on what we do. Okay. Uh, So we've rewritten, I've rewritten literally, literally, I haven't finished yet, but every job description in the department. I started with our assistant CIO, our deputy CIO, completely rewrote that job description. And then we've been rewriting all the other job descriptions or creating new job descriptions to define the way the new organization um, uh, operates Mm -hmm. uh, today. And so that partnership with, with human resources and our city attorney's office, those partnerships are invaluable in really accomplishing something like that in the public sector. Um, I, yes, I know I, that that keeps <laughs> I keep remembering that as kind of the drumbeat underneath all of this that this is with three dozen people in a city government and yes, a city yes. government operation. And you know, I got I got you off track. We were talking about the three big divisions that you you didn't you didn't change the existence of three divisions, but you refocused everybody. We mentioned the ERP division and how it refocused. The other one you had was a cloud infrastructure. What is new with that division? Oh, so that, but, you know, we didn't even have cloud at the time. So it was really just, uh, actually, I want to say it was, it wasn't even cloud infrastructure. It was called something else. Yeah. Yeah. Network services, maybe, I think is what it was That makes sense. Network services. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now what's uh, infrastructure, DevOps, uh, and data uh, mm-hmm. services. Um, and so um, uh, some of the new focuses of that organization are really BI, data, and analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, other areas where we really didn't have involvement in the city that we now have a key role in include things like uh, traffic transportation and city infrastructure. So it's not just IT infrastructure. Yes. Uh, we, we, we get it, we get involved with the city infrastructure and our traffic management systems and transportation mm-hmm. systems. Uh, what else? Uh, what am I forgetting here? Uh, well, those are the two basically yeah. key, key, key new areas. Um, cybersecurity is a part of that organization. Collaboration technologies are mm-hmm. part of that organization now. Uh, including things like our hybrid audio visual systems in our in our uh, in our in our conference rooms. Oh, all right. To enable uh, remote working, to enable collaboration across geographies. Yes. You would think in a city, um, uh, you don't you might not need something like that. But with our small, mighty team, we <laughs> leverage third parties a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, I have consultants that work for work with us from mm-hmm. Brooklyn, New York and, uh, you know, San Francisco. I've had consultants do uh, work with us from from Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, so so that that's really, really important. Uh, yeah. We're working on um, uh, uh, a smart, smart grants we're try- competing for. Uh, sustaining, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 strengthening mobility and revolutionizing uh, transportation grants. And the folks that we're working with are in Northern California, but we can mm-hmm. have face-to-face conversations, um, you know, either via Zoom or Teams or in our conference rooms where where we can uh, have some people that are there face-to-face and, and folks yeah. that are elsewhere. So, so you essentially end up with a city IT organization that has a national footprint in the way it deals with technology partners and probably also with your recruiting. Yes. Um, yes. The third, <laughs> I think your third division used to be applications. 
Yes, used to be applications, but mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll see we have products that span all of the divisions. So it doesn't doesn't make sense for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the division has a new name. We call it Inter- Enterprise Solutions. Okay, um, uh, but uh, that's just a name. But their but their focus is is on you know fire protection. Uh, anything around 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 fire protection, general administration, business process and process mm-hmm. automation, uh, public information and marketing, legal yeah. and compliance, uh, government and public affairs, mm-hmm. um, 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 and of course you know GIS and land management, um, land mm-hmm. and facilities is, is a is a value stream for that organization. Right. Right. Well, it just, you know, I know when we first started talking about all this, uh, before we got into the details, um, you were saying that one of your pitches is that the, when you're look, bringing talent in, that the work that you're doing is unprecedented and amazing. And then when people think of government, they think of old siloed bureaucracies mm-hmm. and that that's not who you are anymore. It's not who we are, not, no. not, not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, modern tools and modern ways of working are really, really important for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and let's talk a little bit about the future on the strategic business and tech priorities for the city going through the rest of this year and into 2024. What has shifted up or down on your own priority list? I mean, I, I know you've had a lot to do in your day job and all that, but when you're thinking, uh, part of a CIO's job is to look ahead and, you know, to innovate for the future, like that group you belong to at UCLA. So yeah. um, what is moving up or down your priority list going forward? Uh, you know, so um, I, much of our focus in the coming years, of course, are, are lean and agile practices, and we're mm-hmm. bringing these across the entire city, uh, IT is has really driven multiple um, uh, Kaizen events across the city to find ways to improve processes across the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital transportation and really omni-channel um, uh, uh, citizen experience—a real big focus on citizen experience—is mm-hmm. key for us. Um, really growing our data culture, um, um, cybersecurity, of course. Um, and I and I and I like to tell the story that that you know we are we are trying to leverage technology as a force multiplier. Yes, so I like that. Uh, automation and AI to help you know to 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 do things that it takes people to do today, uh, to mm-hmm. do things that are maybe you know manual effort today that we can have technology serve for us in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so AI and machine learning key around that uh, technology used to help drive sustainability for us. Um, I mentioned traffic and transportation. So we have a complete streets plan here mm-hmm. uh, where vision zero is a big focus uh, for us to really drive down. You know, the goal of vision zero is to drive traffic fatalities um, to uh-huh. zero. Right. (laughs) That wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes, yes, yes. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there are wonderful technology solutions that can help aid in that strategy. Mm -hmm. So we're really, really focused on that to work with our traffic and parking divisions and and, and to to, to make that a reality. And then I've seen seen some of those in operation when I've traveled abroad. Like I noticed that I was just in Ireland last week and I've noticed that there are a lot of for people that are, um, you know, vision disabled, 
a lot of the there's a lot of the light switches on each corner there are audio signals as well and i mean that's just even simple stuff i think some of the other uh some of the countries in the netherlands have been doing amazing things with that how, how do you go about staying on top of all that kind of thing do you have you probably have a task force for it but but how do you figure out which ones are actually going to work for burbank um that's a good question you know um uh, 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 I, I am a believer in the concept of fail forward and, okay. and find new things and see if they'll work. Uh, and so if ideas come our way that we're not really sure about, mm-hmm. big on trying them, you know, we yeah. like to, we like to focus on the problems first. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it's really, we're trying to solve problems. We're not, we're not, mm-hmm. You know, we're not solving technology. We're using technology to solve business problems. Right. And so our focus is on the business problems and how technology can aid in solving those business problems. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, what IT organizations do just to kind of keep focused on that future forward and and what is coming in an innovation sense, sometimes there's a special group uh, that does that. How do you approach that in, in, in for the city? Do you have a special value stream in one of your divisions that pays attention to that sort of thing? Or do you encourage it from everyone? <laughs> I encourage it from everyone. And, and, and we build, again, these virtual teams around mm-hmm. these value streams. Uh, to, uh, to, to, to do the research and to, and, and to execute on the pilots or the prototypes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, design thinking, uh, is, is, uh, you know, one of some of the focus of design thinking is really identifying problems, building empathy, mm-hmm. you know, with your customers or your users to yeah. understand what their real needs and desires are. Um, and then really brainstorming about solutions mm-hmm. um, and then prototyping those. So, yeah. you know, that is a that is a part of of, of, of our DNA now. Yeah, you know, we do yeah. that. We do that across all of the teams, across all of the divisions of IT. So there's not a team focused on it. All okay. of the teams are very focused on it. Well, you mentioned too that you recently had a discussion where you were a speaker, I think, for the library staff, and the questions were coming up about Chat GPT, and is that just going to replace our jobs? I hate the thought of librarians worried about being. It's hard enough to keep li- public libraries funded and open, but to have librarians thinking that an AI bot is going to replace them behind the desk <laughs> make just it makes my heart hurt a little bit. Um, what did you? How did you respond to that? question about, you know, the the way neural networks and these algorithms can think faster and better than human beings. I know this is something you pay a lot of attention to. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Um, uh, it's, it, yes, the, 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 the question specifically was, will AI replace our jobs? And my answer is AI will replace some of the things that you do in your jobs. Absolutely. <laughs> and that that's um, a good thing. <laughs> yes, it is a good thing. Yeah. Because what AI cannot replace is the human connection that you have with the citizens. Mm-hmm. It cannot replace the relationships with the people that come to the library, um, seek your services, seek your help, mm-hmm. or are looking for material. Yeah. AI can never replace that. 
Um, and so um, uh, AI replacing some of those mundane manual things that you do day to day will just free you up um, so that you have more time to spend with your customers, with your right. citizens. Yep. Uh, to strengthen those relationships that you have with them. Okay, uh, good. Good answer. I take it that you didn't get thrown out of the library on your ear when you when you talked about that. that <laughs> no, was like, I, I didn't. <laughs> they were like, thank you, Kevin. That's okay. You can come back again another time. Um, let's talk as we uh, as we wrap up here. Tell me about what you have learned about your own leadership style, especially in these last few years as we've been going through all the Mostly the downs, but sometimes the occasional up with the pandemic and all the disruptions around that. Um, are there have there been unexpected benefits for you as a leader? And if so, how did you find those? Well, um, I'm 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 big on self growth and mm -hmm. um, you know personal development and really trying to understand myself better. Mm -hmm. So in the past couple of years, I've done multiple. Assessments. Um, I did a uh, I did a uh, um, a, a Wiley uh, 360 assessment. Yeah. I that, that you know that I took and all of my direct reports uh, you know prov mm -hmm. uh, provided feedback for mm -hmm. uh, all of my peers in the city provided feedback for and many of the people that I collaborate outside of the city and you know as a board member in some of these other organizations. Um, uh, to, 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 to really, it's a 360 disc assessment to, to really get a, a, a better understanding of, of, of who I am, who I think I am and who I <laughs> believe I, sh you know, I believe I show up versus how others see me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My Irish grandmother used to talk about the gift of geese to see yes. ourselves as others see us. And that, that could, <laughs> there was a surprise in that for you, wasn't there? <laughs> there was, uh, because, um, I've always thought of myself as a very collaborative leader mm -hmm. um, and not really a commanding control and command type mm -hmm. of leader. Uh, but that disc assessment came back showing me that my direct reports still very highly saw me as a command, as a commanding leader. And I couldn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what, well, what was bad to you about being seen as a commanding leader? Because that's not who I'm trying to be. You know, okay. I'm, trying, I'm trying to build a team. I'm not trying to command and control. I'm really trying to build a team mm -hmm. and ensure that all of our minds are working together to come mm -hmm. up with the best ideas and, and you know, yeah. build the, 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 the best solutions. So how did you fix that perception? Mm -hmm. So what, what I, what I, came to find is that although for every big decision, I would ask my team their opinions. What do you think? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'd give the scenario, I'd explain, what do you think? How would you, how would you recommend we approach this? I would always end that session by then sharing my thoughts. <laughs> and now, and now the the chief speaks. Yes, right, right, right. And, and I wasn't I wasn't trying to be commanding. I was just trying to give everybody else the opportunity to share their thoughts without mm -hmm. influencing them with my own. So I would always go last. But what I learned was when the chief speaks, even though I think I'm just sharing my opinion, that comes across as this is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. 
as well. And this reminds me, it's so similar to the way as, you know, we get, as we get older in life and our children become adults, uh, mm -hmm. my husband and I discovered that um, I, our two children really don't want our opinions. So we developed a policy where we don't volunteer them. We only offer opinion. This is harder for me than for him, but we don't offer the opinion unless they ask for it. Yes, and much yes. to my surprise and disappointment, they almost never ask. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they figure, well, we know what mom is going to say, that kind of thing. That yeah. reminds me of that. Like, you know, it's like you have to wait till your opinion is asked for. And that can be hard when you're a person who's got all kinds of life knowledge and information and leadership to share. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. You had also mentioned that... Um, you have a particular fondness for leadership books from John C. Maxwell. Oh, he's my favorite. Uh, one of his author. classics, you mentioned the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Yes. Follow them and people will follow you. Yes, yes. Um, that book changed my life in 2007. Really? Uh, okay. Yes. yes. Um, and 2007 is when I assumed the role of uh, vice president of uh, infrastructure, IT infrastructure at, at Paramount Pictures. Okay. And um, yeah, I think, you know, it was my first time in a role that was that large, yeah. if you will. I was, kind of, was a director of, uh, of uh, the, the infrastructure group at DreamWorks prior to that. But wow. we were a small team and DreamWorks at the time was... Mm -hmm. Very much like a startup, if you will. Yeah. Um, and and so you know we 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 that's how the company was run, and that's how we kind of behaved. Uh, but when I got to Paramount Pictures, it was a, an entirely different type of environment. Mm. And my my small tactical thinking and my tactical approaches to to, to leadership were a failure. So my first six months at Paramount Pictures was a gigantic failure. Well, um, yes. <laughs> and I can, and I can, and I can admit that and talk about that today. Yeah. Um, that's, um, and that's because, great. Cause it's hard to get successful executives in any field to talk about failure. I, I yeah. have managed to do it a few times in it, but it, it's, it's tough. <laughs> well, everybody's had a failure. So, sure. anybody, you know, so in, in interviews, I often ask, you know, what are your weaknesses? Can you tell me about a failure? Mm -hmm. And if somebody tells me oh, I've never had a failure, you're lying. <laughs> Red flag already. Everybody's you know, had a failure of some sort. <laughs> one of the classic deceptive answers to that somebody told me was to say that my biggest failing is that I'm a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that can actually these days mean that you're just obnoxiously sure of your own approach to something. So in a way, that actually is a failure. <laughs> they're, they're trying to make a failing look like something that's a real strength as an employee. You yeah, know, which yeah, true, that's true, always true. cracked me up. So um, after that first six months is when mm -hmm. I, uh, a friend of mine recommended the book. My best friend, as a matter of fact, re mm -hmm. recommended the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership to me. Okay. Uh, so I read that book. I also got an executive coach. And by the way, I advise all executives, if you don't have a coach, I don't care who you are, you should have one and you should keep a coach. I've heard that from some of the greatest CIOs I've talked to over the years. Yes. Every And yes. they, they were people with huge jobs. And yes. they always surprised me with that. 
where yes. they say everybody can benefit from coaching. Yes, everybody. Absolutely mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Even Tiger Woods had a coach when That's he was right. the greatest golfer of, you know, on the planet. He had a coach, right? Yes. So, um, uh, 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 so, uh, so I got an executive coach. I read that book and that book changed my life. It changed my view mm-hmm. of leadership. It gave me a, a really a brand new perspective on what leadership is yeah. versus management. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, and so my career in IT leadership has only gone up from there. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned that there were among those 21 irrefutable laws that because uh, it's a 25 year old classic and it just got reissued last year. And yes. you were very disappointed that one of your favorite laws got dropped from the yes. collection. Tell me yes. about that. So it's the law of E.F. Hutton um, and the law of E.F. Hutton in, in, in general says when you become a new leader of an organization, you have to identify the people that have the most influence in that organization. Mm-hmm. Because if you can change those, those folks, or if mm-hmm. you can win those folks over, then mm-hmm. they will become your greatest allies. And often the, the, you know, the EF Hutton, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that uh, millennials and, and Gen Zers don't know EF Hutton. EF right. Hutton was a financial management firm and they had a, commercial back in the 80s, 90s, maybe. Um, And their tagline was, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Yeah. And every organization has the person or people who are listened to the most by that organization. And so those are the folks that you want to identify and influence first, Mm -hmm. because if they become your allies, then you can influence the rest of the organization. If yep. they are your detractors, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> you better figure out a way to deal with that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I think that's that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all, so candidly things yes. that you have worked on in the past and, and gotten better at, obviously better and better. And yes. it's been a real pleasure having you here today, Kevin. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, well, thank you. Is, is, is the time up already? The, the time is up. I always tell my CIO friends, honest to God, that hour will go by faster than you think. <laughs> I feel like we just got started, Mary. Frank. I know, I know. Well, maybe somebody will come along and tell me, you know, we need to do this as a four-hour podcast instead right? of <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. So thank you again. It's been wonderful having you here today. Yes, thank you. And if you joined us late today, don't despair. You can watch this full episode right here later today on LinkedIn, but also on CIO.com, where we keep a wonderful library of all of our CIO leadership lives since late 2017. We are now into the the number 104 or five of these interviews that have been conducted. And you can also find them all on CIO's YouTube channel. Leadership Live is available as an audio podcast as well, wherever you find your podcasts. And I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Kevin Gray, CIO of the city of Burbank, California, as much as I did, and that you'll plan to tune in with me again two weeks from now on Wednesday, May 17th, when I will be chatting up Donna Herlihy, who is the Chief Digital and Information Officer of Subway.
Thanks again for tuning in and joining us today. And do take a moment to subscribe to CIO's YouTube channel, where you'll find all of the previous episodes of CIO Leadership Live, which hopefully has lots of companies in your own industry in there. And you may want to tune in and watch some of the old shows. I keep telling people it's highly bingeable. <laughs> Stay well, and we'll see you here next time in two weeks. Take care.